Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask, where everyone has something they can teach you. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore why we do what we do when it comes to money. As a CPA for the past 30 years, wait, let me say 25 because that makes me sound younger. I have seen it all when it comes to money and emotions. And if you think I'm talking about my clients, I'm not. I'm talking about myself. My relationship with money has been, and sometimes still is, an emotional roller coaster. Maybe that's something you're also familiar with. Good news. You and I are not the only ones. Our next guest is going to share their money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges as well. Buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Our next guest is Cass Thomas. She is a motivational speaker, radio personality, coach, access consciousness certified facilitator, best-selling author, and communications expert. The depth and range of her life and career experiences inspires people to explore more choice and to find the change they are looking for. It is her mission in life to strengthen the unity of choice and change. She inspires clients to discover their unique brand of magic. Her book, Seven Steps to Flawless Communication, is available in more than 20 languages. Her most recent book is Dancing with Riches. And we will talk about all of that stuff. And I'm super excited. Cass, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is a delight and a pleasure, as they say in South Africa, pleasure to be here. Pleasure. <laughs> so you've been around the globe. Exactly. You speak French, Italian, you're living in Rome. You know what they do down in South Africa? Like you've got it dialed in. What inspired you to start traveling? When I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, Roxbury, there was a lot of different cultures and languages there. It's interesting because here in Rome, the Jewish area is called the ghetto. They've got the best artichokes ever in the world when you come again. And actually where we live was called the ghetto and it used to be a Jewish community, but there were Hispanic speakers, not so many Cubans, but Dominican Republic, Puerto Rican, there were French speakers, Haitians, there were Muslims, there were just so many different Jewish. My mom worked at the Jewish hospital and she was teaching us some Yiddish. So there were just already when I was a kid without even moving out of Boston, just going to Oklahoma until I was nine, I went to Florida and then at 11, Mexico and at 14, Africa. And so it's always been a part of my life. And let me just tell you this, in the eighth grade, my teacher in the hood would write on the board every morning, good morning, today is Monday in French. And at the end, at eight years old, at the end of the year, little petite Irish American lady, so cute. At the end of the year, I said, you know what? One day I'm going to move to Paris and I'm going to speak French. And I did at 20. That's awesome. And you know what? You said global. I love that because I love to invite people to recognize that we live here all at home in the same place called planet Earth, you know? Yeah. So what can your global approach to life and money cha-ching, be? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Whether it's green money or paper money. Or bags of salt, right? It's all exchange. It's all exchange. Absolutely. Gold coins. Yeah. Exactly. I carry in, I mean, we'll give some people some tips later, but I'll tell you, I have in my wallet different bills, different coins and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Just so my wallet would get the energy, you know, hello, it's not exclusive, whichever way you would like to receive it and how it's open. Bring it in. 
bring it in. Well, let me ask you this. Was money conversations part of your journey? Did your parents talk to you about money? Did they talk to you about budgeting or the value of a dollar? Were there any little mantras? My mom, I don't even remember what they call it, but she had this account where you keep putting away money. And she grew up like middle class, a little upper middle class. But my dad, not at all. And he had always said to me, whatever you make, put 10% aside. And so in terms of money, and also when I went to college, I wanted to, of course, study French. And he really was like, you have to go to college. You know, if you want to survive, you got to go to college. Okay. So he said, what are you going to study French? What are you going to teach French? First of all, Spanish is going to be the second language in this country. And if you get a career in French, you're going to just be a teacher. So I did it as a minor study and studied journalism also. So that's the way they sort of talked about it. A lot of times people expect you to get money from someone else, especially as women, like make sure you marry a rich guy. But my parents were like, you have to build your own life and future. Maybe they knew a little bit about me. (laughs) Build your own ship. Don't wait for somebody else's to come in. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Hello. All right. Well, then at least you get to pick the ship you want, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Which doesn't mean you're not willing to ride on, you know what I mean? To be a, a passenger on someone else's ship. But you also have one you can invite them to. Exactly. A little back and forth. Give and take. Let me ask you this. Was communication always a part of your journey? You went into journalism. You are a big communications person. You've written books about communication. Has that always been something of interest? And what is it about communication that's attractive to you? Well, you know, yes, it has always been. But I hadn't necessarily identified it as communication. And even though I had a degree in broadcast journalism and mass communication, and recognizing even as a child how much I was always trying to inspire people to really step in and be present yeah. in their lives. And the way I did it as a kid, I don't necessarily do it now because and step up and sort of recognize that they're not sad. They don't have to be depressed, that there is joy inside of all of us. So I was like so much of a bombarding lady and kid uh, like that, that people were like, oh, we better start laughing and get happy because Cats is not going to give up. You know? She's coming. And I didn't realize that that was my way of engaging with people, not just trying to get my point across to them, but also to pick up from them, receive from them and let them step up and recognize, you know what I mean? That they have yeah. also communication capacities. And how do you deal with introverts? Because they communicate just much quieter and often don't get a platform to speak because the extroverts are like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And so how do you make room for those voices? I always say, this is one of the things I say that each and every one of us has our unique brand of magic. It's different. I mean, we're the same 99% of us. You've got some cells in your body, I imagine, and some molecules in the cells and some water moving around and blood and that kind of thing. So a lot of times people think that what is different about them is something that's wrong, a limitation. But if we're all so much the same, then what's different about you is actually something unique about you. So when someone is an introvert, perhaps nobody has actually been willing or able to see what's unique and different about them. And I always say, Even if you encounter, when I'm doing my workshops and training, if you encounter somebody who's boring, who you think is boring, they must have a unique capacity to be boring. 
with all the things going on around us, with all the stuff moving around in our bodies, how could you possibly be boring? It's a capacity. So what is that capacity that they're using that is making them show up as an introvert? So if you're willing actually to tap into their world, see how they're seeing the world, maybe there is a topic or something that actually is interesting to them. So ask them some questions. So it sounds like curiosity is a component of really engaging and getting into communication with other people that you might even not think you have anything in common. Absolutely. And I mean, of course, you have so much in common. I've already said that, right? You have so much in common. But yeah, curiosity is funny because curiosity keeps you young and alive and present in your life. But also, you're sure that there's something unique about them. Even if we're 99.999% the same, noses, ears, eyes, and all that stuff, even if we've lost any of those limbs, but there's something that makes them uniquely different, unless they're a clone. <laughs> but fortunately, we're not yet. <laughs> and even there, then there's going to be something. <laughs> <laughs> if they're a clone, there's only probably one other, a couple of others like them too. So yeah. So that's that I know. What is really the invitation that curiosity, like you say, can be for them to allow their uniqueness, their magic, their brilliance to shine out? Yeah. How do you communicate and what is your relationship with money? In other words, you communicate with people, but in your relationship with money, how does money speak to you? How do you speak to money? What's that like for Cass? Thank you for asking that because, yes, I do speak with money. I engage with money. And what invitation can I be for money to feel at home with me? And it's not about possessing because money is actually, we are the energy of money. We have that 360 degree of our characters, our personalities in our life. And money also travels around the world in so many different ways. So if you don't have a fixed point of view and an only unique way of creating money, then you're actually willing to engage with the energy of money in different ways. I mean, I have several different businesses and some of them are not necessarily about making money, but they're about inspiring me, motivating me, getting me so joyful and happy that whenever I go into my businesses, I'm actually there to generate, create, and multiply exponentially money. Sometimes going into a workshop, sometimes you might be tired, you might be not happy, but if you are engaging with the energy of money, then you're actually alive and active. And I'm curious, when you talk about having multiple businesses and different things, I know sometimes people have said to me, you're doing too many things. Like slow down and just focus on one singular thing or slow down and smell the roses because you're doing too much. How would you respond to that? And do people say to you, Cass, get rid of a couple of the projects. You got enough on your plate. Absolutely. And that's great that you say (laughs) that because in communication, you've got to be willing to know what somebody can hear. When somebody has only one screen open on their computer, (laughs) or if they're, you know what I mean? Or if they're only working on one thing, if they only have one friend or whatever, probably you bombarding them with all the things that you're engaged with is not the best approach to communication with them. So what is it that they can hear? 
that they're willing to hear? And how can you share that with them that will activate a conversation and maybe open up a little bit more in their world? So I never tell everyone about the various things that I do. And yes, people do say, wow, you're doing so much. But have you ever had a plate with just one thing on it? Or in Italy, we do have like first plates, antipasto, no, and appetizers. And, but different businesses contribute to other businesses. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Inviting people. How are people going to find you? They might find you through one of your businesses that maybe is not really speaking to them. But then when they explore some of the other things you're doing, they say, boom, now I know why I found you. And it generates money right? when you're actually working in different businesses. Like how do my books contribute to my workshops? You know what I mean? Right. And how do the workshops contribute to the books? And then people want to do book readings and then they connect with me and they say, wow, the workshops with the same name as the book are a little bit different. So, and also what is it that inspires you? Like I just signed up, Bob, finally, it took me so long, well, a couple of days, but for me, that was a really long time with <laughs> something called the CIA in Italy. Now I am a member of the CIA, which is about either authors or musicians or singers or something like that, because I made a song with the name of my book. So this is a new career or what, <laughs> you know, but it is going to be a contribution, right? Yeah. To the workshops that I do to the book and to people's lives. And that's why we're here. Yeah. What if you were on the planet all by yourself? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the trees would probably still be here and the animals, and that's really cool. But engaging with money through different aspects actually allows it to keep flowing. And that's communication too. Because it's not just a one-way street. Money, come to me. Money, 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 come to me. No, come to me. No, I don't want to send you out money. Just come to me. That's not communication with money. Yeah. And I got a question, a couple of questions I'll share with you with how you can engage with money. Yeah, share them. Share them now if you want. One of the things that I ask, this is an access consciousness tool. One of the things I ask when I'm going to buy something is, if I buy you, will you make me money? And it might even be something you're going to eat. But what you're asking really is something really quite beyond that. It's like, are you going to inspire me, motivate me, activate something in me that will attract more money, you know? Yeah. And you can really follow your intuition. And this is about communication, your intuition, what somebody can hear, what somebody can receive how you receive what somebody's saying to you. But it actually, some people do muscle testing. Some people, you know, see if their body moves forward or backward. Some people, ah, their heart warms up when something is actually in line with their vibration or with the question that they ask. And some people just immediately, simultaneously know when something is right for them or when something is not. I went to do a workshop in Stuttgart in Germany. It was great several years ago. And we were at the shopping center with my two hosts there. And one of them had worked there. They were elegant places where they were selling. And I was looking for a jacket, Bob. I was looking for a jacket. I tried on, I swear, 27 jackets. One, the arms were too long. One, the shoulders didn't work. One, something. And so then the people, because they love this host that she had used to work there, they brought us some 
espresso and some champagne simultaneously. And while we were so happy, it was my last day there, the saleswoman came up from behind me. She said, I'm so sorry to disturb you, but there's just one jacket that I didn't know that it was here. And I wonder if you could try it. Oh, sure. I'd be happy to try it. I didn't turn around. I didn't look at the jacket. She started putting the jacket on me. (gasps) I got so relaxed. I felt so joyful. The girls that were in front of me, they just were smiling and beaming. And of course, that's the simultaneous, (laughs) instantaneous awareness that something is going to bring you money, right? But what do we do? (laughs) We ask the question. Anyway, (laughs) truth, if I buy you, will you make me money? And everything stopped. Like, that's just the money saying, hello, what are you, stupid? (laughs) I'm inspiring you. I'm motivating you. Don't you feel rich inside? Aren't you dancing with the riches of your life? (laughs) And you're asking me the question, wake up. (laughs) So really having an awareness of what it is that will generate and create more money for you, getting connected with that energy. And anytime you encounter that energy, even with a little doggy that's homeless on the street, you're like, why is this doggy bringing all this money, ching, ching, ching into my mind? Maybe because someone who sees you caring for a little doggy will actually donate something to your nonprofit or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. And I do think it is so important to be intentional. A lot of times I'll ask, how is this serving me? Like when I buy something, how does it serve? Is it nurturing me? Is it feeding my soul? Is it in line with my integrity of what I say that I want my life to be about? But just that intentionality and that communication with money feels so important. Absolutely. And please know, Bob, especially with this amazing podcast that you do, please know that anything that nurtures you allows you to be even more exuberant and share with the world your magic. Yeah. So it's a two-way street. It's a gift that you're willing to receive. And once you receive it, you're actually being the gift to the world. We got magic to do. <laughs> I don't know if you know that if song, but magic, we got magic to do. You know that Stevie Wonder song? If it's That's magic, right. then why can't it be everlasting? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have a question for you. I've been thinking about this even before we talked because I just felt like it was the right question for you. You know, there's a lot of people out there that life coach. There are people out there that are looking for things. And there's a lot of great conversations oh, we can do a weekend and we feel good and then it's over, right? For me, there's this place where we actually have to get into the trenches, where we have to roll up our sleeves and do the work part. And I think sometimes, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but sometimes I feel like, and I've been guilty of this too, is if I just do a little bit of work and I talk about it and we feel good about it and it's just going to manifest, but I don't actually want to like get sweaty. (laughs) Do you find that? Absolutely. People actually... A lot of times, just like you were saying before, you have so many things that you do and people are saying, oh, why do you do so much, right? But a lot of times when we're willing to actually add something to our lives, if you've got like your whole plate is full, you can't even find time for something. You never think of asking or being aware of what else you could add to your life because you're like, oh my gosh, not another thing. But sometimes we add something to our lives or someone to our lives that actually reduces the number of things we have to do. 
because they're actually contributing to us in that way and increase the number of things we can be, the number of ways in which we can get out there in the world, and the number of pathways that open up for not only us to explore more, but for chiching the money to come into our paths, you know? And so really having that connection with your intuition, with your awareness, and asking, is there something I need to add here now that will actually increase my receiving capacities and my gifting capacities? Yeah. So Cass, what about the people though that like, I want it, I see it, I meditate on it. I just, it's a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work to actually have what I want. Right. Are there some steps that I can take to get there? You know what I mean? And also, sometimes we have a dream in mind. Like I said about going to Paris. When I was eight years old, I thought I was going to Paris. I actually didn't remember that until years after I had gone to Paris. But if you get clarity about what it is that's calling you, a lot of times people have to go to law school or go to medical school because their parents did and their grandparents did, et cetera. But what is it? And that's why I really start always asking people, step in, get connected with you and recognize who you are. Start communicating with you so that when you start stepping up and you start noticing not only other people and other things in the world, but noticing what your talents and abilities and capacities are so that then you can step out and never feel wrong, but also share that with the world, yourself with the world, and see the world in a different way. A lot of times people focus on one thing, right? And it may be a dead-end road, an opportunity. Sometimes looks good, smells good, tastes good, but it's not actually, it's a dead-end road. So there's a difference with possibilities that actually inspire you and motivate you. And you can tell that when you forget to go to sleep, forget to eat, the time, oh my goodness, did all that time go by? That's when you know you are so engaged with what you're doing yeah. that you're not like waiting for the clock to tick <laughs> and, so, and reach that time. So you really have to, in order to recognize that, you really have to be connected with you. The truth, what's true for you? And sometimes, you know, a lot of people have visions of the future. So you also need to ask something, hmm, this is my target. This is my goal. Is now the time? Is this the time? Has this ever existed before anywhere? And do I need to pave the path, open up the space so that this can actually exist? And just embark on a journey. And don't forget to stop looking down, keep looking up, because there might be so many different tangent roads that show up that it might be the road that you found only because you have embarked on that particular journey. You're having so much fun. It might be like going to Rome, for example, and you might get stuck in Paris, for example, and you're having so much fun and you meet so many people and people offering you work and offering you money. And you're like, no, no, I got to go to Rome because that's what I've decided I have to do. And you're not willing to enjoy the journey. So, so many people have fixed destinations. Sure, start toward that destination, but don't forget to check out the tangents and that show up 
on the way that may not have been visible to you had you not begun your journey. What would you say to the people? They're on the cusp. They're like, I know I want to start this journey. I want to follow my passion. So I'm not going to go to med school like my parents and my grandparents, but I might disappoint people. People might judge me. I might make a mistake. Maybe I should just sit here and maybe it's just better that I just sit here and not take that first step. What would you say to somebody that's just uh, like things are going to happen if I step up? Yeah. Well, are you willing to take a risk? I wrote an article about that too, taking a risk, because a lot of times what we consider taking a risk is possibility or probability, as Murphy's law, right? Probability that we're going to lose. Mm -hmm. But what about that other side if you're going to win something? So even with that specific example about not going to university or college or something because your parents did, will they be a greater contribution to you and what you want to do if you do go to college or do what activate what they have asked you to do? Like my dad was like, you absolutely have to go to college. And going to engaging with college, I just, you use that example, is not necessarily about the degree. Of course, some jobs want you to have the degree. However, it's about meeting people. Like what if there's no mistakes? There's no coincidences, really. I'm just telling you that. You either win or you learn something, right? Right. So what can you get out of each and every one of your experiences? And it might be something as simple as, you know what? Thank you very much for that experience. Now I know exactly what I'm never going to choose again. You know what I mean? But that's helpful. Exactly. (laughs) Because if you're able to say that, it means you're still alive. And the next time that experience shows up, Perhaps it could be a bit more risky. Yeah. So to be present, the presence that you are when you are making your choices is very important. And being connected with you, being in communication with you, with your magic, with your body, with your way of communicating is so fundamental. It's the foundation. It's the basis of your platform from which you can bounce, from which you can jump, from which you can fly. Amen. Well, Cass, we are at the Fast Five, so we are going to jump quickly. Fast Five is brought to us by Acorns, where you can invest spare change, bank smarter, save for retirement, and much more. For more information, click on the link in the show notes. So, Cass, buckle your seat. It's going to be fast. There's going to be five. Let's see what happens. All right. (laughs) Is there any topic that you find uncomfortable to talk about? Maybe hatred. Hmm. Hmm. Because I think that it's a lie. Yeah. And when I first started with Access Consciousness, too, they, they asked me, what do you want to do with these tools? It was so like over, almost 20 years ago. And I was in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in a video. It's in a documentary. And a lot of people from India, from all over the world, have found me by my response. I said, what I would like to do with these tools of consciousness is blow the lie off of racism. Because I get that it's a lie that actually puts the blinders on people that they don't really see the truth of them. Yeah. So hatred, whether it be for your partner, the kids, mom, dad, really, it's not always a comfortable conversation unless someone is willing to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. That could be a whole seven-hour conversation. (laughs) Yeah, and (laughs) hatred 
if you have a barrier up with hatred and the money you've been asking for is trying to come to your door and the money's like, I'm sorry, I have to get in the door. Nope, sorry, we got the hatred barrier up. Yeah. But they've been asking for me. Sorry, I don't have your name on the list. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so please know whatever you are, you might exclude people from your everyday life. A lot of people don't like cobra snakes because they might kill you. But that doesn't mean that you have to exclude them. You can ride by in your car with the window up. Yeah. You don't want to bring them into your car and bring them into your bed, but they are so beautiful. Yeah. So you don't have to exclude them. And if you don't exclude them, then you're walking in the forest and you can actually pick up on the energy of when there's a cobra coming up to your feet. So hatred is a lie and it's not a contribution and it doesn't bring you money. Yeah, absolutely. What was your first childhood money memory, negative or positive? My first childhood money memory was I was working when I was about 12 and 13 for my grandmother. She used to play bridge and have bridge meetings at the house, and she paid me for polishing her silver. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) so even though my mom and dad, they would give me, you know, that weekly thing they give to kids, right? But I was making money too. So it was great. Yeah. That's cool. What's the strangest thing you've ever done for money? Gone bankrupt. Mm. I went bankrupt. That can always feel a little strange. Can feel a little strange, but it actually opened up really huge possibilities. And for the person that owed me money, which is why, you know, had taken money out of my bank account and why I had to file bankruptcy because I was living here. I didn't get the bank's advice on that. The moment I stopped, being pissed with them or hating them for that, right? (laughs) Is the moment in which I started making more money, you know? Yeah. So I wasn't allowing myself to make more than that amount of money for about five years until I was like, you know what? You don't have to give me that money back. It's fine. Boom. The doors opened up for money coming my way. Awesome. What is one financial habit of yours that you would like to change? One financial habit of mine that I would like to change, probably to spend, instead of spending money, I would like to invest it all. And it doesn't mean just in stocks. It means just really asking, is this what I'm buying? Is it an investment that's going to create something more for me? Or is it an expense that's just giving it away? Yeah. Cool. What emotion do you experience the most? Love. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And joy and warmth. Yeah. Yeah. I fell in love so easily, (laughs) just all the time, (laughs) because I see the truth in people, you know? Yeah. Love is a great emotion to experience for sure. Yeah. So we are at our M&M spot, our money and motivation, our sweet spot. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you can share with the listeners a practical financial tip or a piece of wealth wisdom that has served you personally? Absolutely. How many do you want? How many do we have time for? (laughs) I would say, actually, and these are in the nice book too, money isn't the problem you are, to actually be willing to have an awareness of what it is that it costs you monthly to live the life you live and desire. I don't mean, you know, flying on private jets all the time, but what that is and 
how that relates to how much you're making and how you can increase what you're making and what you're receiving. And also to really put that 10% of anything, even if you find $10 on the street, take $1 and put it into your honoring account, which might be an envelope under your bed or something like that. And just to the, the riches of you to add that, I would definitely say. And also any point of view you have about where money comes from, what the source of that money is, if you're not in resistance to that, then you might be able to change that whole source of money and how that generates. There's so many different ways money gets generated that aren't really kind yeah. in this world. But if you're resisting them, then you're not adding your unique magic to it. So that's just a bit of an ask <laughs> of mine. And the last one, can I just give you the last one? Absolutely. Whatever the amount of cash or money you would have in your wallet if you were a multimillionaire, right? And it might be $5. I mean, in China, people use all the time credit cards. But to carry that around in your wallet and let your wallet know that you're willing to receive money. And it might show up as gold coins that you might have an ounce of gold in each of your pockets. You know, Gary Douglas, the founder of Axis, he's always walking around with a, well, I don't want to tell the world that because they might be trying to take off his hand. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it actually gets you in line with the vibration of riches. Yeah. And so your wallet's like ready to receive all kinds of money. I have money in different currencies in my wallet. And some people are like, well, if I carry that around, it might not only be $100. It might be 250 and it might increase. But if I carry that around and somebody steals my bag or my wallet, they won't. Because how much will that keep you present, your presence with <laughs> your money and your income? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, Cass, we are coming to a close, but I knew I was going to love this conversation. And I think for me, the big takeaway is, I don't want to call it optimism, but is what I really hear is the hope and possibility of what can be if we're willing to get to know ourselves, if we're willing to be a little curious, if we're willing to discover our own brand of magic, that life is full of so many possibilities. We don't have to be stuck in a victim role or blaming other people or get fixated on hate or fixated on why, why me, but just this place of continual exploration and willing to continue the journey as opposed to how do I get there the quickest? And really what I loved is how potentially even just a puppy might bring in people saying, look at their compassion. I want to work with this person. And so that there are so many different ways and flavors that can bring us what we want. And I'm thinking of a full plate. You can always add a little more gravy. <laughs> like I'm from the South. You can always add a little more gravy. It's not too much. <laughs> Absolutely. You know that uh, it says, I would rather live my life believing that magic exists and die and realize that it didn't, as opposed to living my life thinking magic didn't exist and die and realize that it did. Yeah. So are you willing to live your life knowing that you have infinite possibilities for money? And then see what shows up. Keep your door open. See what shows up. Yeah. If you leave it on your door, you know, hey, money, you're welcome here. If you'd like coffee, tea, wine, 
sugar, salt. I've got it all for you. You're welcome. Leave the welcome sign on. Come on in. Take a seat. Stay a while and bring your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Leave the light on. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Cass, where can people find you online and in social media? Where can they find your book? You could hold up your book if you want, but tell us where we can find you. Yeah, you can find me on CassThomas.com. I've got my two books here. This one is uh, Dancing with Riches. It's now in English on Amazon or with the American publisher, Schiffer Publisher. You can find it and it's in French on Amazon or with the French publisher, Très Daniel. And it's in Spanish as well. It's on accessconsciousness.com's shop and also on Kindle on Amazon. And my first book is really big. You see how big it is? And and there's so many big words in there. (laughs) And there's homework in there. You see that? You like that one? (laughs) That's good. That's about the seven steps of post communication. And that's in 20 languages, plus the first language, which is energy. And yeah, you can find that on Amazon.com. You can find it on my website too, CassThomas.com. That is perfect. That's Cass with a K. Just in case somebody's out there thinking C, it's Cass with a K. K-A-S-S Thomas. And I have to say Thomas with an H here because they don't use H's in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cass, it has been such a pleasure. I so appreciate you taking the time to join us and sharing your wisdom and much gratitude. It is such an honor. Thank you so much. Big heart for you. (laughs) If I can do it. Ah, Here we go. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Did you learn something new about your relationship to money today? Maybe you have a friend who has some financial blocks or beliefs that are holding them back. Please share this podcast so they too can get off the roller coaster ride of financial fears and journey towards financial freedom. To learn how to have a healthy relationship with money, visit themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, not nerd. We'll be back next week with another perspective on money and the emotions that bind us. Blah, blah, blah.